about the rich people who got tons of money and tons of support, oh, yeah. way more than working class people did. Sure but, they oh do. my God, people were able to feed their kids and they had a little bit of money in their bank accounts. It was the worst thing in the world. No. That is one small part of the inflation story. And it is, by the way, not the only thing that we can deal with to get out of this mess. Well, oh my goodness. Okay, that was really good. That was really good. I like that. Uh, I like that, A, because Bill Maher seemed completely and utterly confused. This was not something I think he was even made aware of. It just probably wasn't in his own circles. And sometimes that happens. You'll talk to someone and they'll be like, wait, what the f***? And then you'll just suddenly uh, speak about an event that they just hadn't heard of in their own kind of bubble. Um, I'm sure everyone here knows that Bill Maher is HBO's favorite liberal Although sometimes he seems to be more like a conservative these days. He's been very anti-trans lately, saying that uh, things are going too far. He's quite scared of uh, the trans ideology that's taking place. And he's often, he, like, he bounces back and forth for me sometimes. I'm like, oh, okay, he's, he kind of seems like a conservative who just really loves weed and wants weed to legal, be legal. You know, like a libertarian, that, that kind of stuff. Anyways, uh, apparently Crystal Ball went on the show. I think this is yet again. I think Crystal Ball has been on before. Uh, because I did find a clip. I was trying to see if Jimmy Dore had responded to this yet, but apparently Jill Dore uh, was a fan of Crystal Ball's performance on September 19th, 2019. Back in the day. Um, but let's take a look without further ado. Okay. We're back on return. Okay, here are the questions. Jamie, in your new book, you write that Ronald Reagan's administration proved to be the gayest of any presidential administration. <laughs> Yeah, why is that? Uh, just the sheer number of gay people working in it. Did, was... he, know, did he know? <laughs> well, um, actually, one of the big scoops in the book was that in 1980, three weeks before the Republican National Convention, it was brought to the attention of Ben Bradley, who was at the time the editor of the Washington Post, the allegation that Ronald Reagan was being controlled, and I'm not, I'm not lying here, that he was being controlled by a homosexual network of right-wing anti-communist gays. <laughs> It <laughs> could be. They were controlling him as a... Big if true. Uh, Phaedrus19 says, Tiny trans win. I crushed it for my dad for Father's Day, and he called me son multiple times when thanking me. Aw, fucking wholesome. Manchurian candidate. And the, po and the Washington Post investigated this. They sent out Bob Woodward was, was one of the reporters. Several other reporters, they investigated it. And they did find that there Big were some Big gay true. men working for Reagan, but the notion yeah. that this was some sort of conspiratorial Isn't you know, that plot... When the log cabin Republicans started? It sort of started two years earlier, actually, in California, when there was a ballot initiative to ban gay school teachers. And uh, Reagan actually came out against it, and Reagan was really decisive in defeating it, actually, wow. in right. 1978. And Jeez. log cabin Republicans, of course, refers to Lincoln. Yeah. Who was gender fluid? Um, <laughs> just, I mean, there, there's rumors. He shared a bed with a man for several years on the American frontier, which uh, was not that unusual in the... Yeah, that's not being gender fluid, but yeah, the, the rumor that he may have had homosexual relations, you know, he could have also been experimenting. Everyone sometimes has just a little curious, inquisitive mind. 19th century, although if you read the letters that he exchanged with this guy, they're pretty hot and heavy, so... Hello. But he, he also went to the Tonys every year. <laughs> Jesus, Bill, what is this? <laughs> Gay because musicals. Get it? 
because the gays and they like the music and the pageantry. So, yeah. Just saying. What's the matter? Uh, Crystal, CNN's new boss wants the network to steer away from sensational, hyper-partisan coverage. Yeah, yes, I saw humor. that. CNN, you can't say... The, you can't refer to the uh, election as the big lie or Trump's mm. big lie as the big lie. Which, again, see, I mean, I'm totally on the page of it was the big lie, but I think that's the right thing. Yes. I mean, you're, it, now you're MSNBC. Well, Even though... It's sort of like Jack Del Rio. He's totally wrong, but I defend his right to be wrong. Okay. Do you think CNN will actually stick with this new plan? No. I mean, they actually... <laughs> no? Listen, I, my issue isn't actually with uh, opinion journalism. If you're upfront about what your lens is, what you're... No problem with that whatsoever. I do have a problem when it blinds you to facts and honesty. And I think both CNN and MSNBC, their maximalist ideas in terms of Russiagate didn't end up working. So that's the issue I have there. Will it work? No. Because ultimately, what's going to happen? Trump's going to come back. Guess what's going to rate? The people who go, you know, the furthest in on Trump. That's what's going to get the best ratings. This is a business. It's a business model. I so, think it's an abhorrent one that leads to a disaster for America. I think it's a cancer on society, all of the cable networks. But ultimately, those are the incentives they respond to. So, no, I don't think it's So what really do you mean change. by maximalist ideas about Russia? Like the P-tape stuff, you know, MSNBC. dossier. MSNBC floating that he's been a Russian okay. asset since 1985. All that well, sort of stuff. I mean... The Senate Intelligence Committee, which is controlled by Republicans, yeah. said that Trump's involvement with Russia was a grave national security threat. Okay. That's not what she said, though. That's not what she would, like, you know. There's, there's one thing to be like, okay, there's a, a handful of substantiated connections between people who worked in the Trump administration and, you know, say, an individual like Michael Flynn, for example, right? That's not something that people put to question. But when it came to, and what Crystal's referring to, MSNBC really going far into this whole Trumpgate, uh, you know, Mueller is going to save us, the Mueller She Wrote podcast, all of that kind of stuff, it, it, play, it, like, it almost made it cartoonish. Like I like I remember that time when people were talking constantly about all oh, the P tape P tape's gonna come out yeah it's gonna show that uh, Trump loves uh, drinking piss and they used that against him and they used that uh, as leverage and there was probably like a sex worker uh, who uh, you know knew that they could corner Trump and then use this as leverage and you're just like yeah this you're making like a mockery of all this but that's, that's not the same as saying Putin okay. has a P tape and no, no. servers well, are ba bouncing back and forth P tape was. Always lurid, and who knows? I mean, I, right. I, lurid. I, if you don't like that one, then let's talk about the lab leak and the idea of where the coronavirus came from, and the fact that these outlets said that not only could it, right. no way could it come riots. out of the lab, oh, all but that's that. racist to say. Yeah, so I've been all over that's that. what I, I'm saying is I have an issue when your ideology Russia. blinds you to the I, facts. That's I have my that problem. issue every week on this show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I don't have an issue with opinion right. journalism. But is what I'm the saying. idea that Russia and Trump were inappropriately intertwined. I mean, his well, campaign manager, Manafort, was getting, sharing, polling information with this guy, Kalimnik, who was... The, the Mueller report right. found that there was no collusion. And we were promised this. We were promised right. this for three years. They overpromised. And it I, was really, in, in, in cable news... But there wasn't cable nothing. Cable news every day. There wasn't it nothing. Was something there, there, it wasn't, there was something. There was, it wasn't nothing. But you know what? Wasn't the wasn't. truth was bad enough with Trump and Russia. Correct. What Why was, did they have to embellish it? You're right. Why did they have to right. embellish it? What was what? What he did in public was bad enough. Right. It disqualified him for the presidency. Right. When he said that maybe Crimea Dang. should, maybe Russia can keep Crimea. Oh. That to me, well, how about a, was disqualified. How about siding with Putin? That too. At Helsinki. Right. Like, 
uh, my 17 intelligence agencies tell me one thing. I got to go with you. It was, a, it was a disgrace, but they couldn't... The cable, they, they, but, just side with America. Is but, that a but, big ask? The problem with so many people in the media, they couldn't, they couldn't take that alone. It had to be this Baroque conspiracy going back to right. 1987. He was recruited by the KGB. Right. I mean, it was just... It was, it was such a scandal, actually, when you look back on it, how we were deluded okay. by this. What we were sold he's, and what, we what the sold. reality was were not the same. Yeah. I, I don't know, think but, anyone But since he doesn't care about... He's a, a clinical narcissist. But our standards does not fall I know, because but, of him. But the idea that he would do that is completely believable. And he would have done What were the key findings of the Mueller report? Um, the special counsel investigation uncovered extensive criminal activity. The investigation produced 37 indictments, 7 guilty pleas or convictions, and compelling evidence that the president obstructed justice on multiple occasions. Mueller also uncovered and referred 14 criminal matters to other components of the Department of Justice. Trump associates repeatedly lied to investigators about their contacts with the Russians. President Trump refused to answer questions about his efforts to impede federal proceedings and influence the testimony of witnesses. A statement signed by over 1,000 former federal prosecutors concluded that if any other American engaged in the same effort to impede federal proceedings the way Trump did, they would likely be indicted from multiple charges of obstruction of justice. Russia engaged in extensive attack on the U.S. elections. The investigation identified numerous links between the Russian government and the Trump campaign and established that the Trump campaign showed interest in WikiLeaks' release of the documents and welcomed their potential to damage candidate Clinton. 2015 and 2016, Michael Cohen pursued a hotel. Yeah, Michael Cohen. Forgot about how guilty Michael Cohen was. But I think the big thing coming out of all this was that there wasn't a direct uh, recommendation of criminal charges towards Trump, and that's what everyone was hoping for. Like, the resistance slash you know uh msnbc crowd they were banking very heavily on that once the Mueller report comes out it will be indefensible and uh, there's just no way trump will continue to be able to be the president like the idea was that trump could cease to be the president either through impeachment uh or because a criminal investigation would get to such a point where you know the president would not be completely and utterly isolated um, up until the point that he stops being the president i suppose I don't know why we're talking about this now, to be completely honest with you. Well, that's, I mean, that's why people bought it. But well, if, you're, yes. if you're in the news business, I mean, that's right. why if I think cable news right. is, is such a cancer is because ultimately right. it is just about the no. ratings. They don't care they got it wrong. They're yeah. never going to correct the issues. I couldn't and agree and so more. is right. that going to change with the new boss? No. And it's just about no, saying the things that make your audience go... Yes, I already right. believe that. Thank you for reinforcing what I and believe. And never letting anything never, outside of the bubble in. And that's Fox News, oxygen. that's MSNBC, that's Exactly. CNN. Yeah. Okay, uh, Danny, if you could write a screenplay about the 2020 election. Okay, so, right, I was going to ask you this. Game change. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, that was about 2008 and Sarah Palin. Sure. That was great, love that. My boy Woody Harrelson was in that great one. Guy. Great, great guy. Great guy. Great, great, actor. great actor. Okay. The, the, one, the other one you did, Recount, was about the 2000 election. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're kind of due for <laughs> writing... A new election movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, you know. So this question is, what would you title it, and uh, are you thinking do, about doing that? we got to do uh, a Romney-Obama first, though. That's the real action. <laughs> is, uh, Obama. Uh, no. Romney. Now there's <laughs> That's an exciting election movie. Um, <laughs> I think that... Um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, look... Uh, West Wing is the most damaging piece of art ever created. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a few contenders, but it definitely gave everyone this kind of Aaron Sorkin mushroom addled sense of like, well, you know, we're just one good speech away from getting rid of a neo-fascist. That's basically it. You know, if you've got a proto-fascist or a neo-fascist or someone who's trying to uh, really fuck over the world, one good speech, one one noble speech, especially after walking down a hallway for a very long time in one direction and then turning rooms five or six times until they arrive at the press conference. And then that one good speech changes the world.
The, the problem with doing a Trump movie, because the guy who directed those two movies, Jay Roach right. and I, yeah. uh, have been talking about it for years, is every <laughs> day is yeah. crazier than the day before. Yes. Right? So how do you how do you turn that into a piece of drama that has something to say right. that doesn't become, you know, irrelevant <laughs> the day after you start writing it? Right. So. And he could be president again. And then there's a new movie. And then put you in Guantanamo Bay exactly. for making that movie. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you coming. Thank you, Bill. Okay, so I'm assuming this was not the clip that everyone is going off about <laughs> online. Uh, maybe Rational National can help me out here. Somehow nobody gets upset about the rich people who got tons of money and tons of support oh, yeah. way more than... Kyle posted a thing on his channel? Okay, maybe I'll check. Well, you know what? I like Rational National. Working class people did. Sure but they oh do. my God, people were able to feed their kids and they had a little bit of money in their bank accounts. It was the worst thing in the world. Crystal Ball, who was the co-host of Breaking Points and Crystal Kyle and Friends, was on Real Time with Bill Maher and did a fantastic job. Absolutely I fantastic. See it. So David. it is really hard to pierce that Bill Maher elite bubble, but Crystal Ball managed to do it. And her commentary on some of these issues, just great to have someone there actually educate a large audience of largely unaware people. David Dole so, has to like get to it very, very quickly. He's going to be distracting half of my uh, audience right now, wearing like you know Canadian tuxedo, one piece, fucking the the, the mustache, the, the the shadow. What's going on here? I have three clips to share with you. Let's just get to the first one. Is Joe Biden too far left? Here's my question about Joe Biden for you two. Has he pandered to the far left, eh? What the fuck? Are you serious, Bill? <laughs> pandered to the far left. Okay. Too much. B. <laughs> Too little. Not at all. Because uh, AOC would say C. not at all. Well, if you look Other people at, would say he panders way too much to the far. If you look at the trajectory of his presidency, at the beginning of his presidency, he did some of the things that myself as a person on the left would like him to see. He passes the COVID relief bill, and lo and behold, he had very high approval ratings. You're not always on the left. Then, I am on the left. Uh, I'm, the I'm a Bernie the, Sanders leftist. There's the not, populist not, not, economic left, so, and then there's the woke left. And these okay, are two okay. separate... In any case, let's talk about <laughs> what he's actually... <laughs> Well, uh, chat, uh, I just want to know, can we poll? Can you, can you do ones in chat if you are the populist economic left and two if you are the woke left and then three if uh, you're neither and uh, don't really fully understand why there has to be these weird categories? Let's let's see. Uh, we, we have a couple twos, a couple fours, naturally. See, that's that's what I assume my audience would be. I was going to I was going to expect to see a bunch of fours and 69s, maybe a 420. A 1-5. Oh, we got our first 69. There it is. A 2. A 1 plus 2. I'm a commie. Okay. 69, 69. There you have it. Yeah. I, I, like, I understand what they're saying by woke left, to be totally honest, as especially as a pejorative. But, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, believing in uh, the fact that we're not free until we're all free and that marginalized communities should no longer be marginalized, I guess that would brandish you as the woke left that doesn't mean that you don't also want workers to own the means of production and that you think that the nationalization of certain industries is necessary because the profit motive behind them leads to very bad outcomes for the human race uh, i don't think those two things need to be independently separated as one category and the other category there's certainly parts of the left that are consumed with just the aesthetics of the ussr or the aesthetics of any other uh you know what was considered to be a leftist or socialist or communist movement throughout history 
uh, but they seem to be very strong social conservatives. Uh, you know, the infrareds uh, of the internet, stuff like that. But um, yeah, you don't have to just be like in this corner and in this corner and never the two shall agree. Actually done. So in the beginning of the administration, he passes that very high approval rating, doing extraordinarily well. When he puts they literally the, go together. Yeah, I think people need to understand that, like you know, the stratification uh, of arbitrary categories, uh, such as let's say racial categories, also have a lot of history in the North Atlantic slave trade in America and capitalism, and uh, you know, Jim Crow following that, uh, redlining. Uh, a lot of factors have put in and played into the fact that if you look at the median wealth of a white family and a black family in America, the white family will have ten times uh, more accrued wealth uh, than the black family will have, and uh, that's just on average, of course, but still, uh, there's a lot of historical systemic racism, uh, historical racism that plays into all of that. The left agenda and the Build Back Better, and then it fails, and he stops delivering well, for the American people. Explain. That's when he falls off. What do you mean off. by the left agenda and the Build Back Better? Well, there's just universal put, pre-K. Put meat on that. It's okay. not everything that I would want. Right. No Medicare for all. There's no Green New Deal. But you had universal pre-K, you had affordable child care, you had elder care, you had an expansion of Medicare. And you had, you had uh, $15 that would have in the COVID bill the before people. it was taken out. That falls apart, partly because of mansion, cinema, parliament, all of that. That falls apart. And since now the American people are feeling incredible pain with inflation and gas prices and unable to put food on the table and put gas in the car, and he's basically seeded the ground and said, eh, there's not much I can do. I just hope the Fed gets this under control. Yeah, the approval ratings have fallen off a cliff. That has nothing to do with the left. I wish the left had more power. In fact, I think the left is the only part of the political spectrum that has offered anything to deal with inflation, gas prices, and the current yeah, economic I mean, I, situation yeah. that doesn't just involve, hey, let's trigger a recession and kill people's wages. Incredible. Incredible. And I have two more clips that arguably are even better. But before I get there, just quickly on this clip... That's, I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't know if this is like the defining moment where Bill Maher was like effectively destroyed in the marketplace of ideas, own. unable to recover for for not, you know, him and his henchmen. If first of all, on Bill Maher's question, really, really, you have to ask, is Biden placating the far left too much based on what? What has he done for the far left? What are you talking about? So Bill Maher is, if you have watched his show recently, and I have barely because it is terrible, but I've seen <laughs> clips, I see what he focuses on. He is very focused on the, the, the far left woke mob. That's what he's concerned about. So, you know, True. Uh, saying Latinx instead of saying Latino or Latino, that's very offensive to Bill Maher as opposed to, I don't know, low wages as opposed to the climate crisis, as opposed to the cost of health care. What's really important is Latinx. Oh, that people don't want Latinx. But this is like, if, if you want to say, uh, I don't know, has Biden even <laughs> waged in on these culture war issues? Because I don't think he, he even has. So in what realm, in what reality is Biden too far left or trying to, you know, placate the far left? What are you talking about? And Crystal Ball there is exactly right in terms of, you know, the timeline here. So Biden began his presidency, high approval rating passed the American Rescue Plan, got, you know, checks out to people, help people. And then, you know, by the summer, people were like, what the hell's going on here? When they began talking about the, uh, the, the infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better. Which, by the way, I know the pushback on this would probably be that most uh, presidents, especially following a president that was controversial, will come in with initially high approval ratings as it seems there's a change and a turning of the tide and that approval rating eventually does sink some presidents faster than others, of course. Certain events can make their approval ratings suddenly go much higher. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, this point is, is I think, pretty solid. ...and decoupling it. Well, then things began to yeah, wane a little bit in terms of his approval rating. And then it really separated December 10th and beyond when it became very clear that Build Back Better was not happening. If you go back, look at the timeline, look at the headlines around that time. Joe Manchin's discussing how he's not going to support the Build Back Better bill, how he's not going to support, you know, child care and everything else Crystal, Crystal Ball mentioned there. That's when this really separated. When Biden just was like, oh, well, I guess I can't do anything. After he had promised Congress, promised uh, members like AOC that, yes, he will get Manchin on board with this, and then didn't. And by the way, I should mention, AOC did not support the infrastructure bill because she realized that Biden would not be able to get Joe Manchin, and she was right. So you see here the separation. That's what happened after Biden ultimately did nothing, and he still has executive power. This is, you know, not just Joe Manchin's fault. Biden has executive power. He can do things through executive order, like, I don't know, maybe take cannabis out of a Schedule One drug, yes. do something to actually help people, cancel student debt. Pardon all nonviolent drug he's not doing any of that, so you have this massive disapproval now. The idea that he's too far left, and this is why. Why would he be losing young people if he's too far left? Like, are you stupid? But anyways, let's get to the next clip. This is on a debate over inflation and who actually got money during the pandemic. Well, I mean, part of this inflationary problem is because we put too much money into the economy. There's way too much government spending, and that's why we have inflation. So that's a large part of that. <laughs> that is, um, it's that a basic is, economics. And that is secondly, not basic economics. We had this thing called a pandemic. We had a supply chain crisis. Okay. And oh, yeah, by the way, well, there's well, a war well, in Ukraine. It a role. It's played so a role. So to act like the only reason okay. we have and you, problems is because people got a little bit of money in their whoa, bank whoa, whoa, account whoa. is just not honest. And you, a little bit of money, they got more than we spent in World War II. So you but, don't act but like... Hold the on, hold on. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Don't act like we had to react to the pandemic exactly the way we did. We hacked it. We had to spend six okay, trillion. Okay, but how about the, the trillions that the Federal Reserve... Oh, fuck you, Bill Maher. Are you fucking serious? Like, oh, what, there was just this outrageous amount of social spending on, like, you know, people under a pandemic. This is just, like, it's it's unconscionable. I don't see why everyone just is, doesn't buy their own private doctor, as I do, and build their own roads. ...shot at Wall Street. For some reason, people don't what? get upset about that. Uh, how much, and that fueled the trillions of dollars the Federal okay, Reserve shot at Wall Street to backstop the stock market and the bond market. No one well, gets upset about that, uh, even though well, that was a massive I, I don't factor know what you're in inflation. Talking about. What do you mean, shot at Wall Street? Well, <laughs> what are we talking about? That we're talking about buying assets, buying stocks, buying bonds, buying treasury bills when? so that they expand the balance this? sheet. This is during the crisis, the coronavirus crisis. When the stock market crashed, that is what the Fed did. They went into action. They shot trillions of dollars. But the stock market didn't crash no. during COVID. Now it's they, crashing. It it's crash. crashing now. It crashed, and the Fed came in and backstopped it. That's what happened. What, it crashed, so and we never heard I'm about saying. it? No, it crashed. Go back and look at it. I think when, it when, fell off a cliff. When? The Treasury bond market stopped functioning, and the Fed took extraordinary action it's never taken in history. I don't somehow remember no one that. Gets upset. the first week of the someone, Somehow nobody gets upset about the rich people who got tons of money and tons of support, oh, yeah. way more than working class people did. Sure but oh do. my God, people were able to feed their kids and they had a little bit of money in their bank accounts. It was the worst thing in the world. No. That is one small part of the inflation story and is, by the way, not the only thing that we can deal with to get out of this mess. Well, oh my goodness. Okay, that was really good. That was really good. I like that. Uh, I like that, A, because Bill Maher seemed completely and utterly confused. This was not something I think he was even made aware of. It just probably wasn't in his own circles. And sometimes that happens. You'll talk to someone and they'll be like, wait, what the fuck? And then you'll just suddenly I, I speak about an event that they just hadn't heard of in their own kind of bubble. 
so so that one was very good. She could have also brought up, uh, you know, what happened after the 2008 financial crisis and what actually led to the 2008 financial crisis. When speaking about inflation, too, the only story we usually get is some strange one on mainstream media about how, well, uh, ultimately, uh, Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden, they're really making you have to pinch at the pump. You know, it's 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 a tough time out there with these uh, these libs. Uh, these libs are causing uh, inflation to go out of control. And I was like, how are you how are you trying to direct this? Are you going to point out elements of this? Like, you know, sometimes there's an estimate of about 20 percent is related to corporate profit margins increasing. I'm not talking about corporate profits, but profit margins. What about all the stock buybacks that are done by these incredibly profitable multi uh, uh, um uh, global corporations that that's never brought into the conversation whatsoever it's consistently about well uh, you know the, there's a war there's obviously uh, a lockdown in china so basically we uh, we all have to do our part we have to contribute uh, once and for all and all uh, agree to, to just pay a whole bunch more money for food and gas on a regular basis um not a lot of talk about OPEC plus not a lot of talk about how OPEC plus manipulates the price of oil and the barrel of oil being a very key factor in all of this not a lot of talk about corporations and again increasing their profit margins not just their profits that's not usually brought into the conversation and then it usually just falls upon well it's it's tough you know what we're going to do to fix it is the thing that we usually try to do in these cases is that we're going to increase uh, the boring percentage rate the fixed rate and that will of course lower the amount of money that people will want to borrow people will become less saddled with debt and that should curb inflation ideally it doesn't go into stagflation in which case we have both problems happening simultaneously where you can have a recession or a depression uh there will be a large amount of jobs lost because that is what happens when tons and tons of investors pull out a whole bunch of money from the stock market and all of a sudden these same companies don't have the same operational uh, uh shareholder value for their shares so they have to cut corners somewhere and they will usually lay off huge amounts of staff that is combined with a very high percentage of borrowing amount well then yeah you, you may have a problem there in which we didn't want to cause it, but we inadvertently led ourselves towards a recession in this case. Again, incredible job here by Crystal Ball. And really, the other two cannot keep up. It's what was, you know, oftentimes when there is someone who is more on the left on this show, it can be hard to get, you know, a word in edgewise because this is a, you know, basically you, you got to talk over each other. But Crystal Ball here just again and again gets her points out, is able to to um, succinctly, you know, uh, put forward this actual knowledge that the other two are lacking. How does Bill Maher not remember that there was a stock market crash? <laughs> like, this is your job, dude. You you forgot about this? Now, look, I get a lot has happened since then. Even I, for a second, was like, crash. Oh, yeah, the crash. Like, that That happened. So I'll go over it. What is stagflation? So stagflation is when you have, like... Um... Uh, a combination of factors you will increase the bank like the bank of canada does it here in canada and the federal reserve does it in the u.s they will increase uh the percentage that people who want to get say mortgages or loans will have to pay um and the idea and the principle behind that is that if you do this it will lower inflation because people will save more that's what it's supposed to do in theory in theory, and that's why they're doing it right now. That's the idea behind this. We have rising inflation, right, soaring costs right now. And under the pandemic, people had a lot more spending money because A, they were saving more because they were living at home all the time. And B, they were getting sometimes provisions from the government in forms of unemployment or uh, other government stipends or stuff like that. Because of that, people had more money to put towards their debts because they paid their debts down. All of a sudden now, they have the ability to spend more money because they're spending more money. It's combined with the high rising costs of everything. And now things are spiraling out of control and people are experiencing very high rates 
of debt where people are taking on large amounts of credit card debt to be able to pay for everything. So the idea being is that if you make the uh, cost of borrowing higher and people don't want to borrow as much, they will then be forced to want to save more um, in principle. And this would apply to people who, again, want to get mortgages or already have mortgages or already have homes or properties or stuff like that. The problem being is that under a recession, if you provoke or trigger a recession, then there can be a huge amount of people in the stock market who will pull vast amounts of money out of uh, the stock market for a variety of reasons, usually to protect their assets. And then you see stocks starting to plummet. And uh, this also correlates with the cryptocurrency market, which seems to have about a 70% correlation with that, and they will plummet as well. The biggest problem being there that, yes, it usually results in those corporations, which used to have very high uh, shareholder value, suddenly deciding we need to take it upon ourselves to cut corners. We need to, uh, you know, trim uh, the fat, as it were, and then we need to cut a whole bunch of staff. If both uh, if both of these things happen simultaneously, you get stagflation, and stagflation is the worst case scenario because you will be experiencing inflation. There will be very high unemployment because corporations are cutting uh, lots and lots of jobs, and at the same time, it's not correcting it in the way you want it to, and people will have less purchasing power because they won't have work, um, which all fucking sucks. The, the only reason, by the way, uh, I'm not uh, the lefty to turn to for economics. The only reason this is all very, very fresh in my mind is because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and radio shows about this, trying to understand what the fuck is going on behind the scenes. Because everything seems so like difficult and hard to comprehend when they word it in ways uh, on the radio or stuff like, okay, we just want you to know, okay, on the CBC special, we're going to be talking about inflation and how it affects you. Here's what's happening right now. Two big things, really. There's the war in Ukraine, and that's bad. And then there's uh, China. That's always bad. And so China is doing these lockdowns. And uh, oh, oh, yeah, we, we came out of a pandemic. Uh, so, of course, you know, there are some supply chain issues and stuff like that. So uh, the cost of gas has gone up. And uh, you must know that the cost of gas basically makes the cost of living uh, in a, a myriad of ways more expensive for everybody. So cost of gas goes up. Cost of food goes up. Uh, uh, and the reason, again, Ukraine, uh, China, uh, and that's all we'll talk about in terms of this. And so what are you going to do about that? Well, good news, everybody. Inflation is going to be solved because, again, we've got the Bank of Canada doing this here. We've got the Federal Reserve doing that over there. Uh, they're going to increase the interest rate, which will make borrowers, people who want to borrow money, uh, less inclined to want to both take out loans and less inclined for banks to want to give out loans if they think the loan is risky. Uh, so it, it works out in that way. And the whole thing will just balance itself out and, and the problem will be solved. And And then... When it's like, you know, laid out like that, you're like, is that the only reason that inflation is is the way it is? Is there anything else that plays into that? Is there, I don't know, are corporations making more money now? Or is there an increase, not just in their profits, because corporations increasing their profits is one thing, but increasing their profit margins is another very different thing. And does that play into it? What does OPEC Plus, which now has Russia as a part of it, what does that play into it as well? Is is that uh, like in any way, like right now we seem to have this situation in which the cost of gas just went up dramatically because of the war. But in America, in North America specifically, was the majority of the gas here Russian? Was it, was it Russian gas or was the majority of fuel coming from Ukraine? And if not, then what exactly is playing into this? Why exactly has this happened the way it has? And should we broach this? Can we talk about that? Is is that a controversial? And again, it's going to be like, well, you, you just don't get it. You, you dumb pores. You don't understand, okay? And then you know what really pisses me off about these these programs? is like 
the majority of them that I've listened to, especially the ones like shame on you, CBC. Uh, the one thing I go out to, to bat for is I tell people CBC radio is usually pretty good in some ways. They do some really good stuff for indigenous people. Uh, they have some great indigenous shows. You can there's an entire show that's just about indigenous music and it's fucking it slaps. You will hear so much and it's international. You'll hear like amazing music from around the world. But on this thing, every special I've heard so far is just like and here's the answer, everybody. We're going to talk to you about how you can save money by doing the following things. Maybe try out eating more beans. Maybe make potatoes the main course of your dinner time. Why not have an entire dinner of nothing but potato dishes? Potatoes are very cheap and plentiful, and this is how you can help save money when you get pinched at the pump. So you might be spending 30 to $40 more on gas every time you fill up, but at the same time, you can just start eating potatoes on a regular basis. And this will solve the, the issue because, you know, you can all eat potatoes and everything else will continue on as it is. And that in a second toast. here, but no, no more of that. And, and I'll get to um, a third clip that's also great, but just crystal ball again, fantastic job. And you know, I've disagreed yeah, with her at times eat. in terms of maybe of don't eat. certain issues that she's focused on or certain topics she hasn't focused on as much that I would focus more on. But regardless, we have different you know approaches to these things. That's fine. That's normal. It's okay to have uh, differing views or, or differing emphasis on certain topics. But here, throughout this episode did a fantastic job getting her points out and really educating the audience. Now, on... So I'm going to... Veganism is the cheapest diet as per Oxford Uni. Don't get me wrong. It is actually a good thing if all of you just started eating more vegetarian in general. I'm saying you as in just broadly speaking, all of us. Like, it's 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 both healthy for the individual and it's better for the environment. Uh, it's incredibly, incredibly horrifying thing. The, uh, you know, the entire of the meat industry, the way it operates and stuff like that. No question. But when you're saying that as a response, not because this is a better or a healthier option for you but this is how you at your home should deal with this very serious issue like yeah sure this this is going to affect people who mostly already have the about the power to be able to get mortgages for a variety of things either starting up businesses or uh, buying a house or people who already have homes and can refinance their homes and have access to more uh, money that that is true that that it'll primarily affect them people who are already paying mortgages or people who want to get mortgages yes but for the everyday person if there is a situation like a stagflation, for example, or there is a recession that gets provoked by them changing that percentage, well, then that affects everyone, right? If, if, if monstrously huge corporations that employ thousands and thousands of people suddenly have to cut hundreds of thousands of jobs or tens of thousands of jobs, that will affect a lot of workers. If all of a sudden there is a myriad of reasons why small businesses fail or small uh, partnerships fail or whatever it is because the cost of this is too expensive, this is too expensive, we no longer, we're going to foreclose on our monthly payments because we can't afford that. Well, then, the, yes, it, it is a bit of a domino effect. I'm not trying to do a slippery show fallacy, you know, but. Go over a bit of this because this is just amazing that these people, Bill Maher and, uh, and yes, James oh, Kirchick. thank you. Anarcho communist has a really good point. If mortgages go up, so do the rent. So does rent. I don't know if you live in a city uh, like, uh, you know, San Fran, for example, where rent is just completely unaffordable, uh, you know, in large part due to the fact there's so much tech uh, industry there and people can't afford to pay like $4,000 a month uh, in the rent alone. But um, yeah, it, it starts, to, starts to hurt everybody. They're just are completely out to lunch. 
from American Prospector, which, by the way, great piece. I'll read a bit more from it in a second here. But David Dan, if you want to know what the hell happened here in terms of the crash and what the Fed if did, the market crash is bad enough. I might be able to afford house. Yeah, follow David Dan and the American Prospector. I mean, that's a sad way to see the world, though. Here. It's like, well, I mean, but, uh, if everything collapses, how the if Fed there's a major depression. Home prices spending will a cent, really go down. Just announcing 4.5 trillion in future spending to support securities markets was enough to keep owners of capital protected from the downsides of the coronavirus. So we'll get to more on this shortly here but this is what crystal ball is uh is is uh, referring to here and so let me just quickly global stock market post uh biggest uh, post biggest falls since 2008 crisis so that was march 9th 2020 from the guardian this here black thursday wall street stocks yeah but i mean it's a semantics game right they never called it a market crash technically so point bill plunged 10 percent in worst one day loss in uh, 32 years, this uh, the key takeaways from this crash. So the 2020 stock market crash began just as the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 an official pandemic. The Dow Jones fell nearly 3,000 points on March 16, 2020, was the largest single-day drop in U.S. stock market history. Unlike some previous crashes, however, the market rebounded quickly and set new records in late 2020 and early 2021. So to, just to be clear here, here is the uh, the... Dow Jones, 10 biggest one-day point losses in history. The top seven are all 2020, <laughs> one <laughs> after another. Like <laughs> That one is pretty damning. Come on. Bill Maher, where were you? What's going on here? And here it is in graph form just to give you, you know, a bigger indication or more context in terms of how big this drop was. Well, he was probably too busy talking about how gay ideology is taking over. And now apparently Mr. Potato Head is non-binary. I mean, come on, uh, you know, is that not is that not what is important at this time? But um, more here in terms of what the Fed did just quickly, I'll do the key takeaways. Uh, learn how to cook and save your life. Yeah, I think not a lot of people realize how easy it is to make delicious, amazing meals and not use meat in the meals. Here's Here in two seconds is going to be one of the simplest uh, recipes you can make. Uh, and it'll be vegan up to the point that you want to add Parmesan cheese, okay? Uh, you buy a thing of pasta, spaghetti, very, very cheap, very easy, plentiful. You buy a handful of tomatoes. Tomatoes, I mean, if they're organic, they might be really expensive, but otherwise pretty cheap. You buy a pack of ba uh, basil. Hopefully you already have some olive oil at home. Very, very simple. You uh, chop up the tomatoes. You cook the tomatoes. You then uh, add some garlic, add some basil, a little bit of salt, and that's it. Incredibly simple. You just let it reduce and cook down until it's delicious. You then have your boiled pasta. You top it with the uh, tomatoes, a little bit more of the fresh uh, basil uh, on top and then if you would like add some parmesan cheese you will be sh uh, sh uh, shocked and astounded how delicious that one little meal tastes uh it's like you know very very simple it's like you know how gordon ramsay always talks about this simple ingredients done right you know and that's that's all it takes very very cheap can impress someone on a date and it's for the most part vegan up until you add uh the parmesan cheese super easy super quick and is absolutely delicious Again, David Dane's piece is incredibly long and detailed, but just his takeaways here so you understand what actually went on. The Federal Reserve announced on March 23rd that it would start direct purchases of corporate debt, an unprecedented rescue of corporate America. Big Room says, speaking of writing a recession out, I told my dad I got an NFT for Father's Day just to see if he knew what that was. He said, don't make me go upside your head. So it looks like the word is getting out. Boomers know about how shitty NFTs are. 
Wow. Well, that's good. Did y'all see the guy who used to work for Coinbase who quit and then all of a sudden was like, uh, yeah, so I uh, used to work for Coinbase. I just got let go. So now I have no problem saying that cryptocurrency is just one massive gambling casino Ponzi scheme. And uh, just so you, you know, we know that on the other end as well. <laughs> Since then, the stock market has risen over 30%. Corporate bond funds have recovered and companies have saved tens of billions in borrowing costs. Thanks to this massive government subsidy, large companies like Boeing and Carnival Cruises were able to avoid taking money directly a sidestep requirement, uh, and sidestep requirements to keep employees on by instead issuing bonds. The Intercept and the American Prospect have identified 49 companies that issued corporate debt since March 23rd, adding up to hundreds of billions they otherwise couldn't have secured so cheaply, providing a safety net to the investor class and making a mockery of the alleged virtues of free market capitalism. Hmm. This sets the stage for companies with functionally no res uh, revenue path in the near future to take on mounds of additional debt and could set the stage for a series of All right, of I'm really excited for this third clip. So, I really again, like the second great piece here, but this is what happened. They bailed out these massive corporations, bailed out Wall Street, and what did people get? A single check from the American Rescue Plan and Bill Maher saying, oh, they got all this money. The elite bubble that he is in, Bill Maher often talks about bubbles, how the right's in a bubble, how the, the far left woke mob, they're in a bubble. Bill Maher is in a bubble. He is in the elite bubble. To not realize that people are struggling and that a single check is not going to save their lives is remarkable to me. But it shows you really how disconnected he has become. He's always been disconnected, but this is even more so than, you know, previously. But let me get to the last clip here, which is over um, gas prices. Gas prices we can largely attribute to an administration that's been waging war on the fossil fuel industry. That's ridiculous. And now they drilled more than everybody. I mean, that's a U.S. U.S. production. No, no, no. Okay, U.S. production okay. is up. Well, it will be at record levels next year. Okay, well, the fossil fuel companies themselves are flush with cash, but will not invest in new drilling because they would rather give it to their okay, shareholders. Okay, right, That's wait, the truth of what's well, happening. Well, here's the, here's the truth. That's I mean, good. I just read it today. Nice. In 2020, Biden said no more drilling on federal lands. No more. Uh, look, no Keystone I'm, Pipeline. Yeah, no. Oh, okay, is, and I'm not saying. And, and also and, and antagonizing I, Saudi Arabia. Oh, now he's on. going back to Saudi Arabia uh, hat in hand. Wait, 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 but, let, let us finish just okay, what we're all right, saying. All right. And then you can shit up. Well, and, and, uh, <laughs> antagonizing the Saudis well, with his with his Iran well, deal yes, policy. So, and now he's going back to them hat in hand to get them to increase their production. But I bet you're in so favor of the Russian oil ban. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Saudis are well, great Russia humanitarians. Is, Russia is raping a country the, right now. Yeah, and the Saudi Saudis Arabia... are amazing humanitarians. No, I didn't I mean, say that. I didn't say that. There are allies. Here. And by the way, the only... <laughs> I don't really care about what's going on in Yemen. I, don't talk to me about that. But uh, yeah, at the same time, Saudi Arabia, I don't know. They can do no wrong. They're allies. It's a, for ally. It's, it's friendship. Come on. Well, what are we talking about here? Are we going to shit on our allies? issue with oil is not just supply and demand because as i was just saying we actually have a fairly significant amount of supply it isn't at you know extraordinarily low levels if you look at in the recent past we don't have an extraordinary amount of demand we're not even back to pre-pandemic levels you do have a massive amount of wall street speculation that is also causing an increase in gas prices. Yeah. So again, this is what I'm saying, that the gouging. only people who are talking about and that, some people and there's are, a lot of price gouging. There's a lot of gouging. So 
you asked you whether depend on them to gouge. You asked whether Biden is not pandering to the left and not pursuing that or whatever. The left are the only ones talking about those issues, about the fact that you have monopolies that have jacked up prices far above what they need to because they can, because they can use the excuse of inflation. And CEOs are bragging on earnings calls about how they've lifted prices and gouged consumers, and we're not doing anything about it. Uh, not Keystone again. That was the carry Canadian shale oil for sale on the world market. That was never going to help the U.S. oil supply. I think he's also re- referring to the uh, the U.S. oil reserves as well. Um, and there's a multitude of options one could explore when it comes to this. Oh, my God. I'm so impressed. I really am. This was such a fantastic job. Maybe one of the best appearances from any guest I've seen on Bill Maher, just in terms of her ability to get these points out, to just put these people in their place. Multiple times there, she shut down James Kerchick and just exposed his garbage on monopolies, on oil production, on his lack of principles when it comes to the Saudis versus the Russians. And then by the end, he just had nothing to say. <laughs> because what can he say? What Crystal Ball is there detailing there is exactly there right. Allies, it's objective David. reality. So quickly on some of those points. Yes, U.S. oil output rises 3% in March to highest since yeah, November. So highest oil outputs uh, since November. It's nice to know what all the hype was about. Yet gas prices are way up. Hmm. I wonder what's going on there. Maybe massive profits for these oil giants. Here you see profits of four large oil giants, Shell, BP, Chevron, Exxon. This is from Business Insider. You can see how it's increased into 2022. Headline here from a month ago from The Guardian. Largest oil and gas producers made close to $100 billion in first quarter of 2022. Shell made $9.1 billion in profit, almost three times what it made in the same period last year. Well, Exxon raked in $8.8 billion. But somehow it's because of the Green New Deal. It's because uh, Biden's shutting down oil production. These people, they, they are so rarely actually challenged on their points with facts that when someone is there to challenge them, they shut the fuck up because they have no idea what to say. <laughs> Amazing job here. Or haven't heard of half the things that you're bringing up. Like, wait, that wait, what happened? That never happened. What are you talking about? No, that's that's not a thing. That's, that's not a, that's not a part of history. What are you talking about? This is weird. By Crystal Ball, fantastic. I uh, just pure praise. I have nothing else to say. Just. Amazing job. I hope Bill Maher has more guests like this on, but I feel like he won't. There's a part, <laughs> I think I showed it in, in one of the clips, where Bill Maher is surprised that Crystal Ball says that she's, that she's on the left because Bill Maher definitely does not intentionally bring people on who are on the left. Now, his view of the left, again, maybe a little skewed. He thinks the left is people talking about Latinx versus saying, you know, uh, Latino. Well, there's <laughs> as the opposed to left, someone who's economically the on the left economics. like Crystal Ball is. But regardless... Bill Maher rarely ever has any leftist on his show. So to actually have Crystal Ball here and uh, and her be able to make these sorts of points and show. Uh, yeah, no, that was really good. Um, I can tell why that wasn't put through on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, the YouTube channel. And instead we have to watch it on other progressive channels to find out what exactly happened behind the scenes. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically thesurfs.tv. You'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help. And yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just. 
we are prepared to conduct many a human sacrifices in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your humble yet incompetent gestures, trying in vain to bring some levity into your life. To our lord, Trevor R., we give you thanks for this meager plot of land for us to toil away our pathetic existence. To our brave knights, Carl Wauer, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Mayred, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruben Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Jenna Tao, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy101, Anthropophojack, Saren42, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Agent NDN, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our mighty heroes off to conquest some bread in some far-off lands.